You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Have you ever listened to our show and thought to yourself, man, I really want to know what are those guys' top five favorite villains? Well, you're in luck because today on Systematic Ecology, we're going to run them down. What are our top five favorite comic book villains? This episode is for anyone. This is Systematic Ecology, episode 10. We are the priests to the geeks, meaning that we believe that we should be ministering to believers and unbelievers alike by geeking out, talking about the things that we love and how our faith plays out in them or how we reflect on our faith by engaging in this media. Remember, if you enjoyed this episode, you can help support this show by joining us over on patreon.com slash systematic geekology, where we are doing special uh, bonus uploads, Doctor Who, Kung Fu movie reviews, whole bunch of fun things over on Patreon. So make sure that you're supporting us over on there. I'm your, one of your hosts for today's episode. I'm Brandon Knight. I'm a produce merchandiser, traveling preacher, and content creator. And guys, last night, I went to my first concert in two years, and it felt really good to be at a live show again. Hey, guys, I'm Joe. I am a marketer and broadcaster. Um, and speaking of first in a while, uh, yesterday, my wife and I went to our first convention since uh, since Salem, the year that we got married. Wow. Oh, wow. Which, which, which convention? I got to ask. Which convention did you go to? A horror sideshow in uh, central Pennsylvania. It's like a, like a craft fair and vendors. And I got to meet, uh, for all of you horror fans, Kincaid from Nightmares uh, 3 and 4. It was cool. Nice. Yeah, I, I long for conventions to come back. They're, they're happening out there, but I'm ready to hop in one, one of these days. Hey, everybody. I'm Will Rose. I'm a parish pastor in Chapel Hill, North Carolina at Holy Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm... Just a plain old pastor doing pastor things, but also geeking out. And uh, I, I run a God Loves Geeks book club at my church and have done uh, Finding God in Comics panels at Comic-Cons. And so, yes, I miss the cons. And uh, one day we'll get back to it. The, the The big con here in North Carolina has been on hiatus for a while for a good reason. And they put it off for another season. But hopefully we'll get back in the spring and we'll see what see what happens. So we are here today, again, to talk about our top five favorite comic book villains. <laughs> We're going to go round robin style, counting down five to one, our favorite villains. But before we do that, Joe, I want to come to you first. What what makes a good bad guy? When you look at your list or you watch movies or comics, what is it that you're gravit gravitated towards the most when it comes to villains? So I think... For a villain, I think I liken villains the same thing that has made me fall in love with blues music. If as a villain, you can make me feel a thing, if you can make me I would rather be compelled in uh, in somebody's rogues gallery than be specifically interested in a particular uh, hero. So for me, if it's it's got to have that that compelling factor to it. It's got to have, you know, story and substance that you can um, that logically makes sense, and you can uh, sink your teeth into. Yeah. All right, I like that. 
Pastor Will, how about you? What What's a good bad guy? Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's um, a hero is only as good as their rogues gallery in, in a sense that I want to see the villain or the bad guy challenge the hero and press them to really act on what the hero really believes and and the responsibility that's entrusted them with the gifts that they have. So so really, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this, especially over um, the pandemic in the sense of like, how, how does one respond to tragedy? How does one respond mm-hmm. to trauma? And I think for the, I've been really thinking about this, like the hero is, is the one who doesn't want others to experience what they experience. So they, they do all in their power, use all their resources, whether it's their their superhuman abilities or whether it's uh, their billions of dollars like Bruce Wayne, but they, they will use all their resources so that others don't experience the same thing that the villain, the bad guy is like, you know what? I experienced this and I want others to experience the same thing I did. And so I'm going to do all of my power to unleash chaos, uh, chaos on, on this particular universe or this particular family or this particular city or, or hero. And so, um, yeah, I want to, I want to feel scared. I want to feel nervous. I don't want to feel easy in their presence. If they walked in a room, I'm going to have, you know, uh, uh, goosebumps. I'm going to want to get out of that room as fast as I can because they scare me. The hero is the one who's going to step in and go, Nope, I'm not going to let this person or entity or, or monster do this to others. So, Joe, when you're talking about you want to feel a thing, you want to feel something, is that like what Pastor Will was saying here? Is that kind of what you're talking about? Like, you want to feel scared. You want to feel intimidated by these characters if they were to actually walk in the room. Yes, that's that's absolutely part of it. Um, the other part of it is, is it a story that I can in some way, shape or form resonate with? Does it? Does it elicit some kind of emotional response, be it intimidation, be it fear, be it, um, I, I guess, empathy, um, that kind <laughs> of thing that like a one way or the other that I you have brought because if you brought me to a place of eliciting an emotional response like that, then you have unlocked the door to suspension of disbelief. You know what I mean? We all watch these movies knowing that it's actors on a screen or it's it's TV show actors on a TV set. But at the end of the day, you know, there has to be that that connection point where um, where, where you become invested and you allow yourself to get invested in the moment. And there's something about the villains that it's not just. Yeah, there there's some that are pure evil that you want nothing to do with. But then there are some that are charismatic leaders that are almost at times have a good point. And you're like, wow, I feel myself swayed over to their side. Could I, could I see from a certain angle that maybe I would join their team or be um, lured or tempted to, to be a part of what, what they're part of. Um, So that, that's kind of that in a sense too, also is pretty creepy and dangerous. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Oh my gosh, could I see myself go down that road? Yeah, for me, uh, I would. I definitely resonate with that when it comes to my favorite villains or characters that I'm drawn towards is the villains that actually make you think. Like it's one thing when the villain robs the bank or the villain blows up, right. you know, Gotham City's right. football stadium. But I don't know if you guys can tell, but here in the corner of my ca- of my camera screen, I got a V for Vendetta mask up here. Um, mm-hmm. love V for Vendetta. I love Alan Moore because Alan Moore makes you think 
when you have to yeah. read his stuff. And I love that. I love it when a villain makes you go, well, you're not wrong. I don't like your methodology. And, you know, you got like Thanos. That was the big thing with Thanos when we got to Infinity War and Endgame of like, I don't know. I don't really like the way you're going about it, but I can understand your perspective here. That's what I really resonate with with a villain is like I want to be challenged mentally. Mm. I also agree with you, Pastor Will, that a a hero is just as good as his rogues gallery. And because Batman's my favorite superhero, that definitely is true because every villain in the DC universe has gone up against Batman at least once. He's got the <laughs> biggest rogues gallery next to Spider-Man, who's one of my other favorite characters. So anything else you guys want to throw in here on what makes a good bad guy before we move on into our top five characters? Just in the sense that that it also depends on who's writing this character too, right? But oh, yeah. but I think that the the character, uh, whether it's hero or villain, is going to hold up a mirror and force you to look at yourself to take stock of who you are and and what you truly believe and what you truly care about, and 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 it's going to scare little literally the hell out of you. Uh, <laughs> then then yeah, that's that's what it's it's meant to do, and. So, so yeah, and I can't help but think about these things, you know, in terms of my own story. I hope I'm the hero in somebody else's story, not the villain. I hope I'm the, the not the villain in my own story, but the hero, and I grow towards towards being that hero in in my in my story in my own redemption arc. Um, but but yeah, like where, where it, it really is going to take help me and challenge me to look and see who I am and what I truly believe. All right, so are you ready to run these down? All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so before we start, Josh was also supposed to be on this episode, scheduling conflict. Sorry about it, buddy. But he did want us to bring up that one of his favorite or his absolute favorite is the Mandarin. I believe he definitely said the one from Iron Man 3 as well. I think it was very specifically that was a conversation that definitely <laughs> happened, that it was the Iron Man 3 version. Thanks for bringing me on the show, Josh. Um, okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> the anyway, head fake right right <laughs> all right so let's go over let's go we'll start at number five pastor will number five you start us off number five and and again like we talked earlier about like any of these on any given day could could rise to the top but but today what i'm feeling um is it's red skull okay red skull of uh you know, just the epitome of of a skull's face, the epitome of Nazi supremacy, going to take down the West and the world and oppression, and then you have Captain America going against him. So, so yeah, the red Red Skull. Whenever he pops up, and that Red Skull pops up on the page or last page of a comic, you're like, oh crap, here we go. <laughs> All right, Joe, what do you got? Number five for you. I'm gonna have to start off with uh, Dark Side. Uh, okay. I first heard of Darkseid when I first started reading comics and like the way that he was presented to me, um, was just, just larger than life. Right. And especially for DC, if you want to really assert a particular character's supremacy, who do you put them up against the big blue boy scout and just the way that, that he was presented in his approach to, 
um, like a totalitarian sort of sort of approach to his villainy. Like, you know, I think for me, it's some of the same thing that I love in some of the the horror movie um, villains that I'm a big fan of that just it's it's sweeping and resolute in its nature. And to me, that's super terrifying. So from my list, you're going to conclude two things. One, I'm a DC guy because four of them are DC villains. And I've got one Marvel. Uh, the other thing is that for the most part, I am drawn towards B characters, villain, superhero, cult classic films. That's more my speed. So you two have brought up two great real contenders. But for my number five is Bizarro. And it purely for nice, a, nice pick. purely for aesthetic. Like, I know that Bizarro is not like the most, you know, powerful villain that's out there, but it's, you want to reverse Superman. And rather than just putting him in a different color costume, you got the S backwards, the suit's different, he's not as brilliant as Superman, and he's not as in control. And one of my favorite comics that I have in my collection is a random issue I picked up one day at the store, it just kind of looked cool, where Superman is on a planet full of bizarros just like bizarro this character bizarro that character and it was just a really fun read so bizarro is my number five all right yeah well, that's scary like like a, a a superman you can't reason with who's right. just kind of like oh my gosh everything's mm-hmm. opposite yeah that's uh yeah that's yeah. that's that's pretty creepy it is yeah he's kind of a solomon grundy-esque character too which i think if we did a top right. 10 solomon grundy would probably be somewhere on that list Anyway, so pa- Pastor Will, number four, what you got? Number four, I'm going to go with Dr. Doom, uh, just because I, anytime he shows up, he's he's the smartest person in the room, or at least he thinks he is, and is willing to use that to the demise of everyone around him. And, and I, uh, I've yet to see a good depiction of him in the movies, and I hope that Marvel can turn that around here pretty soon, but, but yeah, Dr. Dr. Doom. I I love it when he shows up in the comics. All right, Joe, who's your number four? So I got to go with Apocalypse. Um, I am a huge um, X-Men, the animated series fan. All of those 90s era comic cartoons and stuff, such like I was the key demographic for it. And that Mm -hmm. was what he was one of those like, Oh, things just got serious when they showed Apocalypse and just the way he um, I I almost I almost feel like as a kid, I recognized that he had gravitas and that people followed him and all of those kinds of things. Those those some of those aspects that hedge towards making you think rather than just being out and out. He was a really bad dude, which he was. Mm-hmm. But then, like some of these other characters that you know were powerful in their own right, were falling at his feet. So, for me, definitely uh, one of my favorites of my childhood. Mm-hmm. I like it, and I like that you brought up the '90s because my number four pick is also influenced by the greatness of '90s animated series, uh, The Riddler. The Riddler is my number four. I don't like it that the Riddler has been reduced down to the more comedic B character. Um, Actually, just I I don't really appreciate it that 
DC basically revolves everything around whatever the Joker and Harley Quinn is doing each week. Um, but besides yeah. that, uh, I think that the Riddler, yes, he is quirky, but he's brilliant. And given the opportunity to actually explore that in a film, which I think is what's going to happen in the Batman in March, um, I think the Riddler could become one of the, the faces of DC villainy. All that to say, though, I do love Jim Carrey's performance. Jim Carrey was a great call for Batman Forever. And I do really like the guy, I should have looked up his name, the guy who played him in the uh, Adam West Batman 1966 <laughs> series with that yeah. great laugh, that <laughs> laugh that he would do. So <laughs> that's my number four. Right. That's great. Yeah, yeah. That new trailer for uh, the, the Batman movie and coming in March um, looks really good. Oh, yes. And I'm pretty excited about that. And so seeing the the question mark in the in the coffee cup, I was like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get a Riddler. I yeah. love it. I love it too. All right, number three, Pastor Will, what you got? Yeah, my I'm a I'm a Marvel guy. I, that's my first love for comics. Um, in in the geek verse was was the X Men in in the eighties. Uh, so, so I'm I'm really a, a Marvel guy, but but I've I've grown to to love DC and respect it. And a lot of my books are are DC that I have on my pull list today. But I'll, I'll say number three, another hero, another villain that hasn't had a good cinematic um, debut is Brainiac. I'm going to go with Brainiac. Mm, I like um, it because, I like that. because you know if you want to think about. Like man, and and why that hasn't made? We keep going back to the well, the same origin stories and same yes. villains. And I mean, Brainiac, in, in our day and age, when we have AI emerging all around us, and Alexa, and it's not uh, Siri, whatever. It, you can think <laughs> of how Krypton would have had that technology, and then Brainiac. Um, yeah, it, it was he's the Terminator before it became the Terminator, right? And. Uh, uh, so I want to see a good rendition of an evil, creepy, but really smart, witty Brainiac. Uh, again, most villains think they're the smartest person in the room. They're doing what's best. And, and I think Brainiac as the um, AI who thinks they know best or are going to save us from ourselves, then um, I want to see it. I would say I made the joke earlier about the Joker and Harley Quinn. But when you go to Superman, it's what's Zod and you know, Lex Luthor doing each week. And Brainiac yeah. is definitely an overlooked character. I I don't know how we haven't gotten any Brainiac yet, really. Right. Outside of whatever that That's... was that happened in Superman 3, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> Brainiac, set timer for 15 minutes. There, I just yeah. wrote like the <laughs> right. entire opening. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And, you know, I'll make a, you know, we're not doing recommendations yet, but but there's a new comic on the scene, Superman 78. We're just going back oh, to yeah. the Superman movie, Robert Venditti, and I forgot mm. the name of the artist right now, is writing uh, Superman 78 and Brainiac. If you're going to talk about the Christopher Reeves universe of, of Superman, Brainiac is the main villain of like, ah, oh, this would have been a great superman three <laughs> as he's writing it and uh yeah i pick up that book or, or find the trade it's it's a great uh it looks to be a great emerging brainiac story cool. cool i have to look for that all right joe number three what you got okay so i'm gonna cheat here guys sorry but because in the spirit of the 90s um <laughs> i'm wrapping them together in one package venom and carnage Oh man, Fair were enough. these guys 
I, I was a huge fan of both of them. And to me, like I, I've since come to learn more about Marvel and I understand that, that, that Venom has his own really well done story before carnage even hits the scene. But for me, they will forever be intrinsically locked together because of the Spider-Man cartoon. Um, yeah, I just, the, the whole idea to, to go back to, you know, like I said, I understand the whole idea of creating a, the, the dark version of your favorite comic book characters. And when it's done well, it's, Fantastic. And to me, mm-hmm. that's exactly what um, Venom is. And then Carnage, again, crazy pants, just absolutely <laughs> gone. You know what I mean? There is no reasoning. There is no there is no compromise short of just how can you help Carnage create more chaos? Mm-hmm. Number three, I'm also kind of cheating because in some situations, this character does play the gray area. And depending on what you're reading, his name changes. Deathstroke, Deathstroke the Terminator, or Slade. I grew up watching Teen Titans, so obviously I love Slade. The whole the whole thing, the whole aesthetic. It, he's yeah, I don't I either he's the Kung Fu warrior, or he's the guy who can see what's coming before it happens, or he's the master manipulator. I think if there was a trait that I could point to that is like the villain definition of Deathstroke is that he is the master manipulator pulling all the strings Judas contract the whole nine yards so Deathstroke is it for me my first introduction to Deathstroke was the Teen Titan show but I it didn't necessarily make an impact uh, on me and then I saw uh, the first couple of seasons of Arrow That was where I fell in love (laughs) with the character because that, that was when it just, it was brought to life. So yeah, great pick. All right. We're getting down to it. Number two, Pastor Will, number two. Oh man. So yeah, I picked some, some people that haven't made their way into any kind of movie or big screen or small screen, but man, I'm going to pick number two is probably overused and around a lot. And that's the Joker. Yep. I know. Someone had to say Joker. Someone had to say it, but but if you really play it well, creepy, psychotic clown that wants to turn you into the same thing or kill you with no reason, he walks in the room, you're terrified if it's done right. And um, so, so I know he's overused. I know that he's got way too many books out there. He should show up every couple of years on a last page of a comic and be like, oh, crap, he's back. Um, yeah. And and. Not sure how I feel that he had his own movie uh, detached from anything else, although the movie really intrigued me a lot. Um, but but yeah, I Heath Ledger's Joker in that movie. I, I watched that movie for the first time and then and then stayed in the theater to watch it a second time. They were even like cleaning <laughs> up around me. They were cleaning up around me and I was like, hey, I'll pay on the way out. I'll go get some more popcorn, but I got to watch this again because I was so just like – uh, hypnotized and moved wow. by by that film. Yeah, I will throw my one, uh, my two cents on the Joker, and then we'll come to you, Joe, for your number two. Uh, as someone who is very much a part of the mental health community, I did appreciate the Joker film mm-hmm. for Joaquin Phoenix uh, because I think it made wow. a good message for us. And I'll say this: Jack Nicholson is my favorite. Okay, Joe, your turn. Boom. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so number two is. 
you know, going back to what I had said before about my first introductions into a lot of Marvel's storytelling with, um, you know, with comics, I was for, I listened to this uh, X-Men, the audio drama, which seriously go, go and listen to fantastic, Mm. but it was seeing uh, Magneto presented in the way that I saw him presented in that. And yes, also in the um, the cartoons growing up and things like that. But you're talking about a character that is so rich with story and backstory and history and things like that. You talk about one of these characters that has not been properly presented yet on the big screen. Now, granted, we're moving far enough away from the events that are tied into his actual comic book origin that you're going to have to do something about that at this point. But, you know, I I do have to give a shout out to Michael Fassbender. I think that that's probably the closest that we got to a really solid uh, presentation of Magneto so far. Uh, But you're talking about somebody that is so singularly focused on advancing their own agenda in the way that they, the only way that they see as acceptable as the only way that, that it will actually work. You, we can't, this is not one of those characters that you can just toss out as being inherently evil. A lot of what they're saying just on its own merit makes sense. You know what I mean? You don't might not necessarily agree with the, philosophy behind it and that's why you have the you know intrinsically linked together um magneto and professor xavier um you know but but you you know you you ask those questions of do the ends justify justify the means how far are you willing to go to make your point how how far is too far all of those kinds of things and it forces you to really wrestle with that and i think from my perspective, that translates a specific version of that issue. And by that, I mean, you know, race, creed, all of those kinds of things and goes into something that can really become adaptable into our everyday lives, especially when you start to compare human ideologies and methodologies versus the kingdom. Hmm. Interesting. Joe, I, I really like how similar our lists are because taking the only Marvel spot on my list is Magneto for number two. Um, so I, I definitely agree with everything that you have just said. I would say the one part that I would throw in that also uh, I'm drawn to the Magneto character on is that um, he hates humans, doesn't like humans, and he will he will carry out his agenda. But I think ultimately Magneto just wants to be left alone. Magneto just wants his people and his family to be left alone. We should put that on a t-shirt somewhere. Leave Magneto alone. And that's where that's the part where I start to respect the character more. All the rest of these characters, if you can't tell, I've loved since childhood because a lot of them are related to cartoons I was growing up watching. Magneto, though, is yep. one that clicked for me within the past few years. I started reading Jim Lee's run from the 90s. Um, and that's where it really started to click of like, like, yeah, I don't agree that with his methodology of what he wants to do here. But ultimately, just leave the guy alone. He just wants to be left alone. He just wants to 
live his life and take care of his people. So I would add that on for my number two of Magneto as well. All right, Jeff. Yeah, there's oh, there's yeah. shirts. There, there's yeah, there's shirts that say Magneto was right, you know, and then or or maybe your shirt could say Magneto was right dot 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 or and on the back it says just leave him alone. Just so you could have just that, leave that him alone. Just leave the poor guy alone. <laughs> All right, Pastor Will. Number one, who we got? All right, this is where we have the drum roll, uh, Joshua. Put insert sound effect of drum roll. I'm gonna wait. Mwah. I don't know if he's going to do that or not, but like, we'll he see. Uh, yeah, he better. There's an opportunity there. Um, or he'll make my villain list. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, I, I had to go. I grew up on X-Men comics, 80s Chris Claremont run. And, uh, you know, Magneto was up there for me. Didn't make my top five today just because of – always been used in the past couple of years and Hickman and different kind of stuff. But I, um, my number one villain today is, is Mystique because of her, because of, uh, just as a kid, when she showed up, she's so slippery. She's a changeling. She's a, mm-hmm. um, a, a shape shifter. She could be anything or anyone, uh, to manipulate those around you. And at times, again, she's a sympathetic character. Is she right? Is she playing for the right team? Is she wrong? Is her means? Uh, don't justify the what what she's doing. So so for her, you know, as a kid, when she showed up, I was like, wow, you know, she's kind of like Nightcrawler. She's blue skin. Mm-hmm. She's got a skull belt. Um, and she can, you don't know if the per- the heroes who they're talking to is Mystique or, or not. And I tend to like the within my comics the, the the team books because I just love to see how the teamwork happens among the X Men, the Justice League, mm-hmm. Avengers, and and the team books of you know villains get in teams sometimes as well whether whether it's the Legion of Doom or others, mm-hmm. but the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. I mean, man, when they showed up, it was like wow, it's about to go down. And and Mystique as a leader within that group, wow, it was really. Um, impressive to me and, and made made an impact or, or an impression for me as a young kid nice all right joe who's the number one okay so my number one is a dark horse a bit um eobard thon reverse flash uh i should say that comes with that comes mm-hmm. with the asterisk that the flash has always been my favorite uh hero But part of that is because of reverse flash. When you talk about (laughs) these characters that will, will go to all ends that will, you know, cut down to the bone sort of thing. And will do so in a way that like is the, the presence and, the danger and all of these things, even down to as, as an adult, it's grown into, you know, the, the machinations and the philosophies and Mm -hmm. uh, as well as just a pure power standpoint, you're talking about a character that um, for me checks all of the boxes. So you're pretty, uh, uh, have you, did you see the the flash teaser that that came out yesterday? You watched that trailer? Yeah. I yeah, I'm I'm pretty hopeful about that. Looks nice. looks pretty good. Nice. All right. 
I'm glad we're doing this list now because by this time next year, I have a feeling that everybody's going to love this character because my number one is Black Adam. Ah, okay. And everybody okay. loves, everyone loves The Rock. So I just think that by this time next year, everyone's going to be like, oh yeah, Black Adam's great. I have, so my dad raised me on Captain Marvel, Shazam, uh, the old mm-hmm. movie serial, the TV show from the 70s. So Shazam, Captain Marvel right. has been one of my favorite characters forever. Um, nice. And I really think the entire time, DC has not used this character very well. Um, I do like how, when you look at it, Shazam and Superman basically equals when it comes to ability. Shazam and Black Adam basically equals when it comes to abilities. So logic would dictate that the bulk (laughs) of the battles that Superman should be having and a bulk of the problems that should be occurring in the DC universe should be led by Black Adam because he should be unstoppable. And the other reason why I like Black Adam, not just for the power that he contains and the underusedness in DC and the the great costume. It's so simple, but it's like you see that guy and you know that's the bad guy in the story with the black suit, the big lightning bolt. But similar to Doctor Doom, who would have been on my top 10 if we did a full top 10 list, and also similar to Magneto, I guess, as well, is that Black Adam is concerned about his kingdom, his people. He has an agenda. He is leading a group of people. He's not just a villain causing chaos. He is, he is methodical and he has a purpose behind what he is doing. So I'm excited for the Black Adam movie next year. Personally, I have a hard time getting into the superhero movies where I think they have made casting decisions or directing decisions to reach a wider audience. Like they, they got the rock because they know the rock sells like that. That's just my take on it. I'm sure he'll do a great job because he's a, he's a good actor. Totally. All right. So before we move on real quick, any honorable mentions, anybody wants to throw in there. I know for me, if we were to open this up, I've talked about a few, but I do love the Daleks. I talked about that on the doctor who episode as well. There's they're weird. They're quirky, but they're terrifying. <laughs> yeah, expand it beyond the, just the comics. I, I would have to say, uh, me as a kid, the first villain I actually remember being just absolutely freaked out about was the Wicked Witch of the West. You know, just that my my parents must have put that movie on, and and I saw that witch, and it freaked me out as a kid. And then I have to say, uh, Hans Gruber, Die Hard, man, can oh. you can you have a <laughs> that that villain, man, uh, Alan Rickman, come on, that dude, yeah, intriguing, love that villain. How about you, Joe? Yeah, um, if I if I had to open it up to outside of comics, I gotta I gotta say uh, Darth Vader. You know, I grew up on Star Wars and all of that, and like the first time that I saw him, just this big, menacing, imposing figure. Absolutely. There you go. Nice. One more for me. I just remembered a bit of a deep a deep cut. Uh, the octopus from the Spirit comics. I love the Spirit. Uh, we can talk about the Frank Miller movie another day. Um, but just the mystique of, you know, who is this guy? And he is always getting away. And he's always outsmarting the spirit. All right. So before we co- draw this episode to a close, 
you know, today was a bit more of a fun episode, really just nerding out over the things that we love and enjoy about comic books. But in every episode of Systematic Ecology, we do like to bring it back to scripture to leave you all with a bit of encouragement. And talking about villains, it seemed necessary to bring up uh, Ephesians 6.12. This is the section. This is actually something my youth group is studying right now, uh, talking about the armor of, armor of God and how we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Now, these, this has just been a fun conversation of hopefully, you know, our Alexa is not one day rising up like Brainiac or Ultron or anything like that, but a fun conversation of villainy. But it does, it should bring us back to the fact that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, uh, but against rulers, against principalities, uh, against spiritual forces. And that this battle that we are in is not a losing battle for us. You know, we have the victory in Jesus Christ. He has won us the victory through his death and resurrection. And in the day-to-day battles, it really, scripture makes it very simple. Though that Satan is walking around like a roaring lion, preying on us, we cling to God. God is superior over Satan. Satan is a created being. God is superior to him. So we draw near to him. We pull out his word in the battle. As we look at the example of Jesus, uh, as he is tempted by the devil, uh, using scripture to confront him. And we draw near in prayer as we go through life. So that's what I would like to leave you all with. Pastor Will, Joe, would you guys like to add anything to that? Yeah, as as a Lutheran pastor, I got to bring in a little Luther. I mean, he had this idea and and thought and theology of being both saint and sinner at the same time, that we're at both saint and sinner. And what we do is we grow into uh, who Christ calls us to be, that in the waters of baptism, we're claimed in that victory. Uh, but yet we still walk around with with both within us, uh, Satan, sinner, hero and villain. Uh, our calling is to grow to be more like Christ, to be more Christ-like. And we grow into the, the, the reality of the sainthood that we've been given uh, as a free gift in, in grace. So, yeah, these villains that that we see, these uh, the bad guys, the monsters, uh, hopefully it holds up a mirror and we can see a little bit of ourselves mm. and, and where we can grow and become more more Christ-like. I like that. Yeah. I'm I'm one to to view humanity in almost like an anti-hero role. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we so often flip between playing the villain of a particular story or the hero of a particular story. Um and, and the wonderful thing that we can count on as Christians is the unchanging nature that our relationship with God is just that it's relational in nature. And so the more that we engage with God and the more that we engage in the kingdom, um, the more we are um, filled with this, this thing, right. That is bigger than any of the darkness any of the bad, any of the evil, you know, sometimes we see these depictions, you know, it's, it's tempting to look at um, Jesus and Satan as being in some kind of arm wrestling contest, you know, that, that picture has made the rounds and all of that, Mm -hmm. but there's, there is no match. There is no, there is no comparable ground and all of that. Um, So we can hang our hats on that in the midst of a present reality that offers no such 
um, no, no such uh, uh, stability. All right. Nice. I like that. Okay. And for you listeners at home, please make sure that you are heading over to the Systematic Geekology website to let us know what we should be geeking out on and what you would like to hear us talk about in future episodes. Uh, we actually have a couple episodes coming up that are listener suggestions, so please keep sending us those. Uh, and let's get over to the wrap-up now. Guys, do we have any recommendations for our listeners today, either related to villains or anything else that's interesting you right now? Yeah, I make a book recommendation. Um, a friend of mine, J.R. Uh, Forasteros, he is uh, a Nazarene pastor in, in Texas, and he has a book called Empathy for the Devil. And it's the, the subtitle is Finding Ourselves in the Villains of the Bible. Uh, really good book. Uh, he uh, enjoys comics and geeking out and sci-fi and, and is a horror fan as well. And so he's kind of wrestled with these and, and looks at it through the lens of faith uh, in in that book and has really um, has really good posts and thought provoking thought provoking posts on on Facebook and Twitter. So give them a follow. Okay. Check out the book. Uh, should be interesting. Thanks. How about you, Joe? You got anything for us today? Um, yeah, I would recommend um, taking a look at. There's a YouTube series that I have been binge, binging uh, the history of Godzilla in reverse order. <laughs> Um, it's going <laughs> over awesome. every, right. They, <laughs> he's produced videos for everything up to, um, the millennium era. And if you are a fan of Kaiju, um, I would absolutely, uh, suggest taking a look. Uh, I would suggest re- also watching all of those movies, but if you're looking mm. for kind of what is Godzilla all about, take a look. Awesome. Love that. I, I will have to look for that. That's awesome. Uh, for me, I brought him up earlier. Uh, but if you enjoy thinking about villains and trying to, you know, establish who actually is the villain in the story, you got to read Watchmen. Watchmen is actually my favorite comic book story of all of them. Um, and it wrestles with so many different ethics and philosoph- uh, philosophies and worldviews and when you start taking into consideration Alan Moore's philosophy and worldview on life, you know, you, you could point to a certain character and say, oh, yeah, that that person, that one is definitely the villain. But there's plenty of arguments that none of them are the good guy, that they're all the villain. Um, so <laughs> definitely, if you've never read Watchmen or even seen the movie, the movie is a great adaption, like panel for panel at points. Um, definitely check that out as well. All right. Yeah. All right. So let's start getting out of here again. I'm Brandon Knight. Uh, you can follow me on TikTok and Instagram at just.brandon.k. I also have my own podcast called My Seminary Life, where I recap the things I'm studying in seminary. It's on all the usual suspects and also on Facebook and Instagram at My Seminary Life Pod. Uh, you can find me on uh, all of the socials at Buddy Walk with Jesus, which is uh, another show that I co-host where we discuss the fullness and relevancy of relationship with God in scripture. Awesome. And again, I'm Will Rose and I'm on all the socials with well, most of them. And uh, you can find me there. Hit me up and 
you know, let me know what you're geeking out on. If you have any questions and want me to clarify anything or uh, want to geek out on any hot takes on Star Wars and those kinds of things, let me know. Uh, coming up next time on Systematic Geekology, uh, Josh and Joe are going to be talking about Doctor Who Flux. And I'm interested to see, well, listen to what that's going to be about. Uh, again, go to our website in the description to let us know what you have been geeking out on and what we should be. And remember, we are all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.